0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi everybody, Cheryl Akison here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. If you feel like some of the media reporting on the war between Israel and the Islamic extremist terrorist group Hamas is leaving out context you need to understand what's really going on. This podcast is for you. We'll hear from Ilya Benjamin, Deputy Ambassador of Israel in the United States. Can you um, start by telling us what role do you see the United States playing so far in this conflict and as we look ahead to the next weeks?
1: So from day one, the United States played a key role um, in this war. Um, the support that it's been giving Israel and the backing it's give, given Israel from the president down and across the board, both within the administration and on the hill, has been phenomenal. Um, without the backing of the United States, Israel would have been in a different place and would, would be in a different place. And the mere fact that we saw the visit of a president just yesterday in Israel for a few hours, the first time an American president came to Israel at, at a time of war, goes a very long way. And I think the entire world is looking at uh, the United States as well as leaders in this um, in this conflict or in this war against uh, Hamas.
0: In the very simplest of terms, can you tell us what happened and what started this? But I'm talking about more bullet points than the big explanation.
1: Sure. We're well, we'll going to go into the long, deep history of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict because this is nearly irrelevant. We're talking about an organization, terrorist organization called Hamas, which took over the Gaza Strip, took it over from the Palestinian Authority in 2007, hijacked it from them, if you want, and has been taking its own uh, people—difficult to say it in uh, today's day and age—but taking its own people hostage since 2007, controlling the place, controlling what they do, what they eat, where they go, taking their own money and taking their own freedom
0: toward and what end
1: towards the end of showing power when we're saying now that uh, hamas is actually worse than isis we do mean it and i think that unfortunately the entire world is seeing it with the atrocities that they brought on um just 10 12 days ago in israel on the holy day of Simchat Torah. shows this to the whole world they're calling and part of their charter calling for the destruction of uh, the state of Israel and the annihilation of uh, of Jewish people and Jews anywhere. It's things that we saw 75, 80 years ago in uh, in Nazi Germany in uh, as part of the Holocaust. And this is what this is what Hamas are about.
0: So part of this action that's been happening in Gaza, building up to this, do you think was a plan to lead to the moment where there would be a large attack on Israel?
1: Oh, I have no doubt about it. And we know it. We've... Uh, 've we've, we've seen the documents that we found after the raid um that they that they conducted and after the attack we found documents that are talking about their planning it's not such a war that they started on Israel did not start the day of uh, of the war they've been planning this for months maybe even maybe even years we saw this in correspondence that they've had we've seen this in um talks and preparation, all the ammunition that they've uh, managed to to gear up, the training that they've done, the funding that they've received for this. This is something which has been in the works for a very, very long time. Now, over the years, we've had, unfortunately, we've sustained numerous and beyond that probably hundreds of terrorist attacks by Hamas throughout Israel, not just uh, in Gaza, not just in the West Bank, but throughout Israel from Hamas hundreds and hundreds of Israeli casualties and foreign casualties as well um, from Hamas, but nothing coming even close to what uh, to what we're seeing now.
0: Where were you when you heard there had been an attack? And can you tell us what had happened?
1: So given the time difference, 6.30 in the morning in Israel is 12.30, is 11.30 at night here in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was at home. I'm an observant Jew, so I normally don't uh, work on uh, on Saturday or on Friday night, for that matter. But when the phone rings, of course, I pick it up. Um, and the first message I heard from, from our spokesperson is, we are at war. And uh, that's when we started rolling all the engines here. At the embassy here, as we did in Israel, we here we opened an emergency room at the embassy, basically a war room where we've got everybody within the embassy working together from different units of the Israeli government and entities 24 seven around the clock, working here with our American counterparts on numerous, uh, issues, numerous avenues, whether it's, uh, garnering support, whether it's, um, the support vocally and verbally, whether it's within the UN world, whether it's military support, defense issues, um, uh, connecting uh, conversations, sending over materials. There are so many different areas that we are that we're working on, including also Israelis who are residing in the United States and are coming back to Israel to enlist and join the military efforts. We've had over three hundred thousand reservists signing up, and some of them also coming from uh, from here from the states.
0: You um, knew what it meant, obviously, when you were told we are at war. Do you remember what the person said in terms of a summary of what specifically had happened, or did you read about it in paperwork or cables or
1: something? No. So, so the, init- the initial notice was "We are at war." Hamas raided. That was the first message, and that's what basically turned the switch. And unfortunately, we are only too accustomed to kind of turning the switch onto emergency ro- um, mode. We've had emergency cases in the in the past that I remember over the years, even as a soldier many years ago. But this, of course, is completely different. I have a personal concern in this regard, which I need to be able to put aside, but, it is, but it, it is there, which is my brother and his wife and their four kids who live in a village, which is the closest village to Gaza, a place called Nativa Asara, adjacent to the Ellis Crossing. Um, they were, they were in, their, in their safe room for about 12 hours, hardly any connection with the outside world. Him holding a pistol outside the window, with fear that uh, something would happen. So a lot of contact with him to get a feel. And uh, they managed, there was a narrow window of opportunity. They managed to escape and uh, only afterwards to find out that their friends and neighbors, two houses down, were slaughtered and massacred.
0: Strategically, what is it that you think Israel must do in the coming weeks, months, and maybe even years?
1: So we came out declaring and and stating that our objective with uh, with this war, which was forced upon us, is once and for all to get rid of Hamas. And when we say getting getting rid of Hamas, it means the the goal being um, having Israeli citizens feel safe and secure, not just those who live around Gaza who deserve it the most, but everybody around Israel. But the and the way of going about it. Is decapitating the ability of Hamas for um, ever carrying terrorism activities against Israel again. Number one. Number two is basically um, taking away their ability to control Gaza, and this is for the Palestinian people. Now, it's not for us to decide for the Palestinian people. It's for them themselves that. Yes, it is something that we've seen over the past, what is it, Since 2007, too many years of them taking their people hostage. We're seeing what they conducted. They have no care for the uh, people's uh, rights or anything else, even of their own people. And the the goal for us is to make sure that they do not govern there because their governance affects Israel and is threatening and has been threatening Israeli cities, villages, neighborhoods, and citizens around the country.
0: How do you fight a war? How does Israel fight a war against an enemy that doesn't follow the same rules while you are expected by the world community to uphold a lot of different standards in a conflict? In other words, if the enemy is willing to hit civilians and not follow any rules, but you're expected to never do that while they're using human shields around their munitions and areas they'd like to protect, how can you successfully prosecute a war?
1: It's a good question, Cheryl, and it's something that we don't apologize for being more protective and being conscientious and very careful about civilians. Israel, as you know and see, is doing its utmost to protect civilians, while Hamas is doing its utmost to harm civilians, its own civilians included. I'm not intending or not planning to go into a, into a game equating us with uh, with Hamas in any shape, uh, any any way, shape or form. We adhere to the international law, we adhere to international humanitarian law. While we are at war, I could stoop down as Mm -hmm. low as Hamas. It's not the way that we operate. We are a humane society, by Jewish law, but even by any human law, logical law, which is who we are and, and what we are. So, while we are fighting the terrorists and fighting Hamas and pushing them back and crushing them as strongly as we possibly can, we are also doing our utmost to keep uh, innocent civilians out of harm's way. And um, anything short of that is, is not Israel.
0: How far does this conflict stand to spread, do you think?
1: The conflict with Gaza, I, I wouldn't call it a conflict. It is a war. Um, and this war with Gaza is a war with Hamas. It's Again, I'm emphasizing it's not a war with the civilians, it's a war with Hamas and it's a war against terrorism that has picked up its head. We very much hope that we don't find another frontier. We are seeing in the past few days rockets and uh, attacks from, uh, from the north by Hezbollah and by Hamas approved and guided by Hezbollah as well. We very much hope that they do not join this war. We hope that countries like Iran or other entities and proxies of Iran don't get a, um, a wrong idea of uh, of joining this uh, this war. The U.S. is sending a very clear message of deterrence. It is doing so through its uh, fleets in the uh, in the Mediterranean. We're grateful for that. It's doing it through messages. We are doing it through uh, through messages. As President Biden said to these countries, and anybody, any other foe who might have some bad ideas, don't. And this is what we're saying very clearly now. The idea and the goal for Israel at this point is focused in Gaza, and it should be focused on basically eliminating any capabilities that Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad or any other terrorist organization operating from Gaza has to affect Israel ever again.
0: I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I suspect you might say that one reason the U.S. cares and should care about what happens to Israel is just a matter of we are like-minded on many things, that Israel is a strong ally. But what are the practical reasons you would tell Americans they ought to care about what happens to Israel in the East, if they don't understand there's a tie between the lives they lead and what's happening there?
1: So naturally, there is the, the very close bond between Israel and the United States, between Israelis and Americans. It's a it's a personal thing in a, in a very, very big way. And when Americans come and say to Israelis, we have your back, we know that, the, uh, that you all mean it. And we sense it, and it means a lot to us. But it's not just that. It, it, um, it definitely is far more than that, especially with such an attack now. When we're saying... That what Hamas is doing is worse than ISIS, or that this is our 9/11 times 12 times. If you take the proportion of uh, of population, this resonates. But it doesn't make it doesn't need much persuading from uh, from our end uh, for it to resonate, because Hamas is not just after Israelis. It's not just after Jews. There were at least 41 nationals or nations whose people within Israel were either killed, or injured, or kidnapped by Hamas with what they raided on uh, October 7th. 41 nationals at least, and still counting, unfortunately, with the exponential numbers, and unbearable and unbelievable numbers. So, yes, today it's Israel, tomorrow it could be any other country or any other citizen of any other country around the world. And this is why this does and should resonate also with, uh, with Americans.
0: What is it, if you could give it in plain language, that this group or these terrorist groups have against Israel?
1: We are a prosperous country. We are a successful country, successful nation. We are living in a very good way. They are envious. We are proving to their own people, to the Palestinians what good comes out of uh, of living with um, the ideals of uh, modernism, of modernization, of uh, advancement, of investing in the economy, investing in human capital, and not investing in terrorism. And whilst they are unable to leave their own ideology behind, and they're unable, and or well, probably more so unwilling, to do so um and they only live by uh, by fear and by um by throwing fear on their own people anything different from that shakes and rocks their rocks their boat so yes they are envious of israel and israel has been over the years and even now the pastor until until the wars investing immensely on improving the situation for the Palestinian population, whether it's in the West Bank or in Gaza. Even though you know it's not our responsibility, especially not in Gaza, we withdrew. Just to remind everybody, Israel unilaterally withdrew from Gaza in 2005 with the hope that we would have a peaceful place there, that we would have neighborly uh, relations, that they would be able to prosper. Instead of which, Hamas took over and is uh, leading everybody there in poverty, strang- strangling them economically as well. It's Israel who's been allowing 20,000 workers coming out from Gaza every single day to Israel. Think about that. 20,000 workers, that's 20,000 families who are ba- being able to, to survive and live and even sometimes prosper thanks to the salaries they're getting from working in Israel and other uh, economic projects that Israel has been, has been doing. This for Hamas is a bad thing, because they're seeing the good uh, the good side of working with Israel and the good side of prospering. This goes against Hamas's idea of annihilating Israel and of killing every single Israeli they can possibly find.
0: Why now do you think uh, there's some criticism in the United States, as I'm sure you've heard, that the botched American withdrawal from Afghanistan that Other things that may have appeared weak or perceived weakness, unfreezing money for Iran that the United States had control of, in essence, paying or trading for hostages. Do you think any of that or any perceived weakness on the part of American leadership made it seem to Hamas like this was a time to attack?
1: It's difficult for me to become a psychologist for Hamas and to try and explain what their motives were. But I don't think that, I don't think the American part of the equation was was taken into consideration. The United States is considered powerful in the region and globally. Our cooperation with the with the US over the years and now in particular is stronger than ever, um, in every way possible that we can that we can speak of. But if anything, if Hamas did take any calculations into risk, I, I would. I would argue um, to look in other directions. For instance, looking at um, the events unfolding in Israel over the past 10 months, over the whole what's known as the judicial reform process and internal debate, and just sometimes even unrest, thinking that this is the weakest uh, Israel they've ever found and this is the right time to strike. They were looking at the whole normalization process that Israel With led by the United States, of course, is conducting with the Arab world, and in particular now with with Saudi, thinking that they could jeopardize this, because any normalization with the Arab world, again, goes against the extremists. It goes against Hamas. So, this is their intention, perhaps, to derail um, these, uh, these things as well, which again is a wrong calculation, because all our Arab friends, even if they won't come out publicly, unfortunately, in saying so, they are against Hamas. They are against this, this extremism, they are against terrorism throughout and they're in favor of Israel fighting and crushing crushing Hamas. So this is another misinterpretation and on the first misinterpretation. They perhaps underestimated Israelis and Israel, both in their resilience and our determination and on the fact that it's a times of crisis when Israelis actually come closer together. We close ranks. We form, as we just did now, some kind of a unity um, emergency government coming together. There is no left and right, no religious and secular, no Ashkenazi or Everybody is together, or Jewish and uh, non-Jewish in uh, in Israel. Everybody is in this together to win this war. So Hamas, in this regard, is uh, is um, is facing the exact opposite of what it thought, and a very very clear and strong backing of the United States.
0: If there's something that Israel has been known for by a lot of Americans, it's strong protection of its border. It's great intelligence on these sorts of things. The United States has thousands of personnel in the Middle East, whether it's CIA, FBI, or military intelligence, watching to make sure they're not surprised by something as what happened. How do you explain it?
1: So we're now um, marking 50 years nearly to the day from from the Yom Kippur War, from the 1973 war, which was probably the biggest surprise and uh, biggest uh, trauma to Israel until this event now, because I think that after the, this war now, the Yom Kippur War will be seen as something of a distant memory, but also much less traumatic, because now it's all civilian society, and now the attacks were done in such a brutal manner with which, you know, I've seen the images, I've seen the photos. I'm sure you have as well. I'm sure a lot of the viewers have seen some of these things as well. It doesn't even come close to that. Yes, we were surprised. And uh, when once we win this war, once we finish it, we'll have time to look back and see, okay, how did we miss this? Where did we miss this? What can we should, should we have done differently? Um, For all our agencies, you know, people will, uh, will, will uh look into this with uh, probably uh, some kind of um, uh, committee of investigation, as we did after the Yom Kippur War, and as as we've done before, maybe now. Also, this uh, uh, investment will be in an unprecedented uh, unprecedented manner. But um, right now, we are focused uh, on winning this war. And looking ahead, we are, right now and looking ahead, we are allocating, and I know that the United States is allocating all our forces and all our focus on finding these terrorists and taking them out.
0: If the goal is to decapitate Hamas once and for all, is this something that you envision takes weeks, months, or years?
1: It took the US four years to take out ISIS, and it's still at it. And the whole world is still, is still at it, but then by the United States. Truth spread all over, but we know where they were, and they were focused more or less. So whilst Hamas in Gaza is a much smaller place, it will take time. It's not something for days. We're already in, 12, in day 12. Um, it can easily take and it will easily take weeks. Whether it takes months or years, it's difficult to know because, unfortunately, there are Hamas cells all over. There are Hamas cells in Lebanon, there are Hamas cells in Turkey, there are Hamas cells in uh, in Qatar and from probably in other countries as well. Um, and I'm not even talking about those terrorists who may still be in Israel after infiltrating on, you know, on October 7th. So it could take a while, but we are determined. May the price be as it, as it may. Uh, we are determined, the Israeli people are determined to, for once and for all to take this out. What we've done over the years, when we had what's known or nicknamed the cycles of violence, which is definitely a wrong term to use, especially when we're looking at what's happening now, we kind of put a patch on it, put a band-aid on the situation. big part of it also because of public opinion outside of Israel, um, of, you know, how can you how can you go out to pull out a uh, waged war or whatever. It was probably a mistake at the time, because this allowed over the years for Hamas to continue arming itself and um, financing itself and training its operatives, together, of course, with the backing of Iran and other good friends of theirs. Um, Maybe we should have done this uh, years ago, and then we wouldn't have reached this horrific attack that they uh, that they conducted on, on October 7th.
0: Anything else you'd like to address?
1: People in Israel are also suffering today. It's not just uh, on the day of, on October 7th with the trauma. People are suffering today. We're talking about probably close to a million Israelis who eva- who have evacuated their homes whether it's around Gaza, whether it's from the north, of fear of something of this happening again, of Hamas coming back, and maybe one of those cells that I spoke of earlier, coming and infiltrating their own homes. People are still counting, literally counting the bodies, going from one funeral to the next. I have two children who are in the military. I have a son-in-law who is now being called up as we speak to reserve duty. Um, So there is a concern for their well-being on the one hand, and if they are going to come in harm's way. But there is also a very, very clear sense of determination of all Israeli society that now is the time to crush them once and for all. And also for the sake of my youngest brother, who lives in the Tivassava, and everybody else in the other villages and towns and neighborhoods around the Tivassava and anywhere else in Israel to be able to live in peace and security. This is what we want for our people. And by the way, this is what we want for the Palestinian people as well.
0: Be sure and catch my TV show, Full Measure, Sunday, October 22nd, for more discussion and context on what's going on in the Mideast. To find out where you can watch on a TV station near you, go to CherylAckison.com, click the Full Measure tab, and you'll see a list of TV stations and times. But you can always watch live online at fullmeasure.news at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday mornings. And the program and all the segments are posted there at fullmeasure.news after the show airs on television. That's fullmeasure.news. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave a review, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. And check out my other podcast, The Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting Cheryl and clicking on the store tab for some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. We have some fun slogans like, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.